This is the Cattails Podcast, food for the journey. Season 4, Episode 7, Hope, the vital ingredient for tough times. Hi, I'm Michael. Welcome back to the Cattails Podcast. So how is your year going for you? I'm recording this in September. It's coming to the end of 2022. What a year it's been. How's your year been? Mine has been full of all sorts of amazing, weird, fantastic and bizarre twists and turns. So before we get into today's episode, something I feel very, very strongly about. I'd like to say a massive thank you to our sponsor, the Masterclass Sessions. So we have our winner for our monthly competition. And this month it is Mark Pollitt of Mark Pollitt Photography and Consultancy Services. He's a great guy, Mark. And Mark is a very big fan of the podcast and the Masterclass sessions as well. And so well done, Mark. You've been chosen and you've won a whole year subscription to Masterclass for free so you can enjoy 12 months. And the Masterclass sessions, they have the best people in the world, world-class people, delivering sessions every month on really good pertinent topics of business and life. So if you want to check that out, click on the link in the show notes and you can book yourself on. I really think deeply about these episodes and what I can make for you that can give you valuable, hopefully material, for you in your life and ideas come all the time I talk to all sorts of people every day in my work in my family life and this is a topic that I feel I need to make this one for myself for you it just feels important because I think with a lot of these episodes as I've made them this is number 41 by the way 41 they started out as topics and more I'm realizing that these episodes are going to stay around hopefully for a while and this is one that I think what I've started to realise is a lot of these episodes people will tell me I'm glad you made that for these reasons or I like that because it's this a lot of these are things that are needed but I don't think they get talked about a lot they definitely don't don't get delivered a lot in training and when I mention them with clients they often say it's so simple it's so common sense why don't we talk about this and that's what this one is hope so why should you choose hope why should you choose to be hopeful right now for today, for your life, why should you put your hope in your life or your family, your relationship, your business, your idea? Why should you make the effort? Because it is an effort to keep committing again and again to your life and to be hopeful. Well, I'm going to try and make a case for you to try and help you. The first example and reason, it actually comes from business. And there's a really powerful article, which I'll include the link in the show notes, in the Harvard Business Review. It's called The 30 Elements of consumer value. I've mentioned it many times. I might have even mentioned it in an earlier season. But if you study one thing from this podcast, make sure it's that. It's an article all talking about what people find valuable in their life these days. What actually is it? If you're running a business, you have a service or a product, what would your customer, your client actually find valuable from you? And you hear the usual ones, you know, saves you money, saves you time, delivers a great product, service, solves a problem, all that. But this article takes it deeper and it says, well, we need to expand what we think of as valuable for people because there's a lot of things that you can do and provide for people that you may not even realize just how valuable they are. And as Catalyst has grown, that has been the light bulb moment. There are so many things that I realize now that I can and we provide that are valuable that I didn't even realize. So one of the best things about it is that it has a pyramid of value. So it puts 30, not three or four, 30 in the modern day that people have said they find really, really valuable. 
And there's functional stuff on the bottom level, like being on time and saving money and hassle. And it builds into emotional things and social impact things. And guess what? Hope is the second one from the top. The top one is self-transcendence, which means to transcend beyond yourself. If you bring somebody out of themselves and they're part of something bigger, like if they go to a music festival or you're part of a family, that's self-transcendence or religion. And hope is right up there. It's the second thing out of 30. So in anything that you do, as a parent, as a friend, running a business, being a doctor, if you can provide hope and spark hope and share hope and ignite hope in people's lives, please never underestimate just how valuable that is. The death of hope is the death of everything. If you bring that hope to life, the impact you have on somebody's life is profound. It's profound. So that's the first example why you should do it. If you're giving people hope, you are providing a massively valuable service all around the world. Second thing is kind of tied to that. It's a book recommendation I wanted to give you. I read a lot of books. As you know, I do a lot of studying. I'm a lifelong learner. And there's a book called Rebuild by Mary Portas. And I specifically read this book because it's talking about what does the future of business look like in COVID and post-COVID times? What does it really look like? What do people value? What's going on? She talks about something called the kindness economy. And exchange of value based on values and emotions and relationships such as kindness and as you know loving kindness is one of the three main values for Catahoulas and this is a quote it says every pound you spend is a vote for how you want to live and I really like that because the book is incredibly hopeful but it has frameworks strategies suggestions and real life examples of people and businesses right now that are being built coming back better, stronger, forging new ways in the most cutting-edge way. It's like right up there. It was written this year. It's incredible. So if you want to know what a hopeful outlook for business looks like, make sure to check it out. When we're being hopeful, I like to remember what Les Brown told me. One of his best phrases, it's possible. That's what he says. It's possible. I like to say in a slightly different way. I like to say it's like leaving the door open. When I meet somebody and we hopefully get on and we get to know each other, I say it's like opening a door. You were in one room, I was in another room. We both open the door and we leave the door open and just leave it open for now. And if things are meant to come through, they'll come through. If they're not, they won't. But don't shut it in my face. And I won't shut it in your face. And as long as the door is open, there is a chance something amazing can come through. There is. And I like to think that with our lives. As long as we're alive, there are things that remain impossible. The door is always open. Once we die, the door is closed. We don't go back. Fair enough. But we're not dead yet. The door is still open. The door of your life. Whatever it is you want it to be. If you keep it open, things can come through. I speak so often to people and they've closed that door inside their heart. They've closed that door and they tell me, well, you know, it's just not possible. It's just not realistic. I'll come back to that word. Here's a smart way to think about it, right? Make it up. Pretend. Use your imagination. There are many ways that your brain can work. It can think logically, rationally. It can think in terms of kinesthetic, visuospatial, interpersonal, intrapersonal, abstract concepts. It can engage in so many different ways. 
And one of the best abilities that we have as human beings is the ability to imagine something that is not in the room with us at the time. So one of my favourite examples, let's do it right now. <laughs> purple monkey. Just close your eyes if it's safe to do so and imagine a purple monkey. There he is. And hopefully you saw the purple monkey, right? And it might have even been doing something. Mine was on a mountain with a banana. The point is there's no purple monkey in the room. So what's going on there? Your brain is engaging in incredible gift, which is the ability to use the imagination, to see what is unseen, to make it up. And I will tell you now, my business started with just my imagination. I had nothing to show for it. I had all the value ready to go, but nothing proven and nothing that I could see physically. No books, no podcasts, no clients, no nothing. But the door was open. I was hopeful. If I wasn't hopeful, there was even a small chance something could have happened. I wouldn't have bothered. And so people tell me they, they aren't very hopeful. When I challenge them on that gently, they often say, well, I just can't see it. I can't see it. Can you hear the language? I can't see it. I can't visualize it. That's okay. You can practice. Maybe you need to be shown. Maybe we need to talk about it. And then eventually you can see it. I'll tell you now, every single person I've taught, child or adult, I've never had a single person where I was un I was not hopeful about them. I've had examples and times where they've, they've not performed or reached standards, but there's never a single person I thought, well, they're a write-off. No hope for them. It never happens. What we do is we, I think we get worn down and we just give up too easily. So let's look at that. Why, why are people not hopeful? Why might you not be hopeful? Why might I not be hopeful and, and give up and despair, you know, and drop down into the depths of despair? Well, a lot of it is down to fear. You get scared. Times are tough. Things are difficult. You can't see the thing you want or the solution. Like we said before, physically in front of your face, or even in your own mind or in your own heart, that's very scary. It's very scary. So it's almost like, well, who am I to imagine better? And oh, it's just, you know, it's not being realistic. I don't think from what I've learned of life, it's life is particularly realistic, is it? You think of the planes that we fly in and the phones that we use and the technology we have, is that particularly realistic to somebody 200 years ago? I don't think so. Is it realistic to expect one thing over another? Everybody that I speak to, when they use that word, they use it in an incredibly subjective way. So what's realistic for one person is totally impossible for somebody else. I was speaking to an incredible man last week who had head and throat and neck cancer, cancer around the top half of his body. And he overcame it. And not only did he overcome it, he created a charity 10 years ago that's helped 10,000 people to find a way forward and to be hopeful. Now, if he'd have told that guy 10 years ago what he would have done, maybe, maybe he'd have been hopeful. But did it sound very realistic what he, what he went on to achieve? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. So when I think when we're being hopeful, we need to separate it out from realism. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with being realistic and not having your head in the clouds, but I think we give up too quick on ourselves and on each other. I give an example of that. This is really clever. The next time you think you might be being realistic, just ask yourself if you're being fearful more. And there's an incredible woman called Edith Egger, and she was a Holocaust survivor. I learned this this year. I listened to an audiobook from her, and it was, it struck me. You ever get something that strikes you between the eyes? You think, 
I have never thought of that, but it's so true. She said this. Whose fear are you living? Whose fear are you living? I'm, I could resonate with that so strongly over COVID times. I'd lived other people's fears, the government's fears, other people's fears. It just kind of seeps into us. You ever be around somebody who's like really nervous and they make you nervous and you're like, hang on, I was fine until I talked to you. Whose fear are you living? And often when we're not hopeful, it's not because it's, I don't know, it's, it's unusual for us or unnatural. It's because we're caught up in fear. And often that fear doesn't even come from us. We've picked it up from other people, from the environment, from the news, right? And she doesn't say, to go on to say, be blindly optimistic. She has a great phrase, which she says, don't cover garlic with chocolate. And she goes on to explain it, that if something's bad, don't just sugarcoat it and say it's great, because it's not. And that's a very important distinction I think we, it's important to have. You can be hopeful and say that things are awful. When I talk to people about hope, sometimes, sometimes, not always, their concept of it or what they think it is, they have quite a shallow definition of it. And they say, wow, it's thinking everything's going to turn out great. I said, really? Is that what it means to be hopeful? And they said, yeah. I've had several people say that to me. I said, okay, well, maybe could you think about it a bit differently? And, and if people are open-minded, I'll suggest. And if not, I'll leave them alone. Um, but think about that. We're not trying to cover garlic with chocolate and being hopeful. We're leaving the door open saying, this thing is awful. And yet, and yet, is it always going to be like this? Is there a chance that something I do or something somebody else does could make this better, be different? Am I in a mindset right now where I definitely know how it's going to go? I don't think so. I've learned that. When I'm not in my, what you call, right mind, I can't see the way forward. Stress and fear a lot of the time. And the amygdala switched on and we're operating from the older part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, switches off, goes, nope, nope, sorry, can't see it. It's not that it can't happen, it's just we just don't see it. So another way to think about hope and to live with it, the way I think about it is this. I don't hope in any one thing. You see this all the time. People have hope in religion, in God, God's hope in a Democratic Party, a Republican Party, a political party. Hope in something, sometimes they can't even define. And that's all good. I am never going to try and stop somebody being hopeful. But what I found is if you put hope in one thing, it might work out, it might not. And then if it doesn't work out, your hope candle, the flame can get snuffed out. A better way to think about it is to think, I'm going to make it a part of my way. My way. And this is something really interesting. People keep telling me they don't want just ideas. They don't just want solutions. They want a way of doing. They want a way of being. Think about people that you follow on social media and YouTube. I have so many people. You can't, we can't get enough of them, can we? Because we don't just want insights. We don't just want little bits. We, they, have, they have something about them. They have a way of doing things, a way of being. And it's really attractive. I like that. I like you and I like the way you do it. Because what are they doing? Back to the first point we made. They're giving you hope in something. So I'd say make hope, live it, make it part of your way. Say, I am going to practice hope. I am going to make it a part of my life. What can I put my hope in? Where can I create it? And then you find answers. A really good way I've found is to play what I call the long game. Have you got a relationship or 
an issue with your business or an issue with your body where it's not how you want it to be. And like we said before, even worse, you can't see the way forward. So you're not very hopeful for it. <laughs> I have. I've got plenty. When I think about playing the long game, and I'm talking years, decades even, I know it can work out. Because there are things that I, at the time, 20 years ago, thought, this is never going to improve. I can't find a way. And it worked out even better than I could have imagined. Honestly. Incredible. So committing to the long game helps me and might help you, hopefully, to understand that things can improve and there's ways to be found that go forward that are, you don't even have to know them right now. You don't need to know it right now. Listen to this. Don't have to have it all solved. Just keep that door open. Play the long game. Don't think the short game. Don't think it's got to be like this, this way, this week. Otherwise, I give up. No, no. Take your time and say, well, I'm going to act as if it can improve. Use that imagination. Death of hope is a terrible thing, and yet the creation of hope and the passing on of hope. You know, like you see those lovely vigils where people have candles and they pass on the flame, they pass on the flame, and suddenly you've got this incredible thing. I remember a beautiful image when I was um, doing some volunteer work in the south of France, and there was this special service, and about 200, 300 people in wheelchairs, and they were all lined up for this special service. It was a, a religious service. And they all had a little candle and they passed them on and went up to the steps and looked down by, I don't know, 200 yards down on these people, every single one of them. And they all had these little candles. It was an incredibly powerful image. I'll never forget it. And so if you keep that image of the fire inside the little candle, we snuff it out. But you can relight it. <laughs> That's what lighters are for. That's what matches are for. We know how to make fire. You know how to make hope now. So why choose it? It's valuable. What's the opposite of hope? Despair. Giving up. It's never going to improve. That's no way to live. It's very valuable. It is possible. Just leave the door open. Engage in that imaginative part of your brain. Remember, you might be living in somebody else's fear. It's not even your own. Face it. Don't cover the garlic with chocolate. That's not what we're trying to do with hope. We're trying to live it, trying to make it a part of your way. And you know what? If you can't do that right now and you think that's just too much, find people who give you hope. Follow people on social media. Speak to friends. Listen to these podcasts. I'm never going to make a podcast for you that's full of despair. I won't do it. <laughs> and you can make it a part of your life. Play the long game. The long game. Tough times come, tough times go. Simple. They go up, they go down. Hope is enduring. Hope is as old as people. Hope is the path forward. I think it's Martin Luther King Jr. Take the first step. He may not see the whole staircase. That guy was a legend. <laughs> so I hope that's been helpful for you in making a case for just how vital this ingredient is. You won't hear much about it. You won't hear about it in a job performance review. You know. And yet, it will drive everything you do at work. And the same thing out in your life, maybe daily life, you won't hear people talk about it, but they need it and they want it. And I do, and I know you do, hopefully. And we can be those people that share it. That's one of the best privileges in life. Somebody doesn't feel hopeful, you can help light that fire in their heart and in their eyes. You have done one of the best things you can do as a human being. So just pick one of them. Check out the book by Mary Porters. Check out the Harvard Business Review. Look at the pyramid and just try and apply something 
make it a part of your life. Say, right, for this month, I'm going to be hopeful. See what happens. Even if you don't, just know that right now, just as you are, somebody loves you very, very, very much. Okay, take care and speak soon. So today's random positive fact, I love this. Stan Lee, who was famous for creating a lot of the Marvel superheroes, a lot of people are very, not very hopeful because they say I'm too old to do this. Stan Lee created Spider-Man and Iron Man when he was 40. Not 30, not 21, 18, when he was 40. So if you think you're too old, just remember Stan Lee.